Welcome to Real Life Podcast Conversations from Life Foursquare. We invite you to dive deeper into the more difficult topics of faith. Have you struggled to gain understanding about biblical topics not often taught about from the pulpit? We may not have all the answers, but we are committed to the ongoing conversations as we search God's Word together. Mark and Lynn Cooper, local pastors, are your hosts. This show is our attempt at answering questions in greater depth than a sermon allows. We look forward to the dialogue and conversations your questions will bring. You can email us at reallifeatvisitlife.org. This podcast will cover many biblical topics, some fun, some serious, and some will simply pique your interest. This podcast is sponsored by Life Foursquare Church. It's produced by our media team here at Life Foursquare. Awesome. Today, we are going to kick off uh, week one in a conversation that really we've been anxious to have uh, in this context for some time now. Um, We will begin the conversation about racism. And really, today, we're going to discuss racism and the cultural effects and even influence towards racism. And uh, it's a it's a good time to have this conversation. As yesterday, we just celebrated Dr. Martin Luther King's birthday, um, who is a great man that has forged many opportunities and, and really just um, allowed for there to be conversations like we're having today. I want to share our daughter had a a great moment as they've learned in school and uh, talking about Dr. King. And on the way home, she said, as a reminder, Mom, I know that uh, we're all God's masterpiece, but I'm pretty sure God made Dr. King with twice as big of a heart. And I thought, what a perception from an eight-year-old. Yeah, that is awesome. I'll tell you, this topic is... um going to take some time to develop, and we're going to take our time through this conversation. It's it's easy to come to a place, and often the church is handled, when the church has handled racism, it's typically handled it this way. Now, there are outliers, and I, I want to congratulate those ministers and pastors who have dealt with this topic very directly and very strongly from the Word of God, right, from the foundation of the Word of God. But our typical response to racism is it racism's bad and you shouldn't judge people based solely off of what they look like and is as correct of an answer as that is it's almost too simple to really see how we change how do we change the the outcome of racism how do we get to a different outcome how right. do we see change internally so that we can recognize and deal with the symptoms, the symptomatic issues, the the deeper issues uh, that cause the symptoms of racism. Absolutely. One of the things that we are certain that we have heard, um, you know, from the Lord for this teaching, but also what we have gathered in in studies in regard to racism is, is this, that racism is sin. And until we teach and educate in regards to that concept that racism is sin, repentance can occur. Yeah. And so we're not looking to filter good or bad behavior here. We are looking for the church of God, the the 
brothers and sisters in Christ, for all of us to recognize that this is sinful, racism is sinful, and to walk in a in a unity of repentance. Absolutely. This, you know, the sin that God can't forgive is the sin that you don't recognize as sin, mm-hmm. the sin that you uh, qualify as, as something other than sin. Therefore, you never come to that place of repentance for mm-hmm. it. You never come to the place of recognition of, of that being wrong. So we want to start this conversation. Right, with, with some guidelines and, and also some history. Mark and I both grew up in church. We are both pastor's kids. Uh, we have been not only raised in ministry, but we've been around many churches and pastors and conferences. I mean, if we had a dollar for every conference we've been to. Um, but we both came to the conclusion that neither one of us have heard a message on racism. In fact, in a staff meeting, we took a poll to find, has anyone been raised in church or been around the church world that you've heard a message on racism? And the answer was conclusively no. And that is shocking. It shocks me. I I wasn't prepared for that. And even looking at how we were raised, we were raised in different parts of the world or nation. You know, I I was born in South Carolina. You were born in Ohio. Um, My freshman year in college, I moved to Los Angeles. So we have lived in some different parts of the United States and had different cultural experiences. Um, Lived in places where we've had large um, populations of of only white, right? And then I've lived in in Los Angeles where I was the minority by far. Right. So now to back up and and see this issue um, or even to be shocked by those that claim it's not an issue is, is difficult for many of us. Yeah, and that that's part of the conversation that we're going to get to, but we're not going to get to it in this session of 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 our podcast. Uh, we're not going to talk about whether or not systemic racism is a real thing. We'll get to that, and we'll have conversation about that. But um, what we are Point. going to do is we're going to find out today what do we mean when we say racism? What right. is it and what causes it, or where does it come from? And the point of the history there is to come to the conclusion that this word at this day and age is going to fuel some emotion. Yeah, absolutely. It is also going to fuel some history or story or maybe something that has happened. And so what we want to do is is go over some just good reminders as we encourage you to have these conversations have this conversation with your children. Have these conversations with neighbors. Um, but we need to be aware that it can also fuel some emotions that aren't exactly accurate. And so the the first place we want to start is to be a generous listener. That's perfect. These these next few things that we're going to mention, these, these uh, guides, if you will, the, a list of guides that are going to help us through this conversation— 
as you're listening to this podcast, I want you to just imagine, just imagine that there are other people also listening. And some of those people are going to hear things in a different way than you might. And so this list of things, there there are going to be white people listening to this. There's going to be black people. There's going to be Hispanics, maybe some some people from China or some people from Japan. And uh, we live in multicultural cities. And so there's multicultures live, living and listening to uh, all different kinds of media. Now, when Lynn says listen generously, what she means is listen generously. Listen as if you're not the one who gets to decide exactly what everyone else hears. Listen as if there could be different perspectives that you uh, that differ from yours. The second thing is be humble. Just let's start from a place of humility. Let's assume we don't know everything. Let's assume that our experiences aren't everybody else's experiences. Mm-hmm. And let's listen past the headline or the tagline or anything that just spurs some immediate frustration or anger. Listen beyond that. And also recognize what are the things that trigger those types of emotions. You know, when you have these kind of conversations, um, you you don't talk past each other. You seek to understand before you seek to be understood. So maybe as we listen and and engage this dialogue, our primary pursuit is just to understand, not necessarily to voice our opinion or to be understood, but let's start from the place where we're wanting to have understanding. We're wanting to understand. And let's decide that we want to be teachable people that are pursuing education here. We want to learn about what is happening in our culture, learning about our the stereotypes that might be out there, but seek to learn. Learn about what the Lord would have in regards to this topic as well. Be aware of... of you know, certain indicators, certain stereotypes, be aware of tone and uh, how people communicate. I I guarantee you, as soon as Lynn introduced the topic for today, racism, people heard that differently. And, And to some, it's heard this way, and to others, because of personal experience or because of uh, formed ideas on the topic, it's heard a different way. And so let's just be aware of those things. Um, time factors. Obviously, this is not going to be an in-depth, um, four-hour-long podcast. So there are things we're skimming over or things that we're spending more time on. Uh, this is the way that we're going to engage this kind of conversation. And we encourage you also that this these this list of things is also a great way to engage it outside of a podcast, right? It's a great way to engage it in your own community, with your own friends, and with people that you know. So this brings us to a place where we're going to talk about racism. And I can't, in good faith, start a conversation on racism without really having the discussion of culture. That's right. Culture affects so much in regards to how we view racism, how we have experienced racism. And yet it also sets this passage that'll be a part of what we are processing as we deal with racism in Galatians 4 in uh, 
verse 26, it says, For you are all children of God through faith in Christ Jesus. And all who have been united with Christ in baptism have put on Christ's light clothes. There is no longer Jew nor Gentile, slave nor free, male nor female, for you all are all one in Christ Jesus. And now that you belong to Christ, you are true children of Abraham and heirs to God's promise. So what we see here is this was a statement that was talk about culture like blowing it out of the water. Yeah, culture shock. These statements that we read in Galatians did that. And now we, we see that these are still current issues. And so Let's start with what is culture. The The definition of culture is the acceptable practices, beliefs, and actions shared by members of society at its basis. That's what culture means. Much of what we'll talk about today comes from, you know, I'd love to say I'm an expert in anything. I'm, I'm really not an expert in anything. Uh, and a lot of the information that I want to, that we're going to talk about today comes from Professor Selby uh, at LPU, who has studied and and engaged in inter um, cultural. cultural relationships and evangelism, and so uh, a lot of this absolutely blew my mind and and helped me see things a little differently. And I think that it's a great place to begin and engage the conversation of of racism, culture. In the simplest way, Lynn put it, it's just it's just acceptable practices, beliefs, and actions shared by members of a society. We hear a lot today about social justice, and I would say we're never going to get anywhere by pursuing social justice. What we need to do is take that one step deeper to what drives that society, and that is the culture. And culture is not static. It's constantly changing. It's constantly mm-hmm. moving. Now, when we think of culture, oftentimes we come to the place where we see it on the surface, right? We see the surface things. So, mm-hmm. Lynn, some of the surface things of culture are? Oh, it's going to be how we dress to go to church, the the uh, appropriateness of what to wear to school, or, you know, it, it's really these surface things that we're all quite accustomed to, right? And if we will actually Think of culture as an iceberg, right? Think of the Titanic. It wasn't the top of the iceberg that caused them the most damage. It was the size of the iceberg underneath. And so we have to remember that culture goes deep, and it is much bigger and stronger than what we actually see. So we have to remember that it is generations deep. Yeah. And so the surface level stuff of of culture, food, dress, music, um, language, dance, literature, all those surface level things, you're going to have a low emotional response. You transgress those, you cross those, you you bump into those cultural things. People will respond, but not highly emotionally. They're gonna they're gonna understand that those are surface level. They don't have deep rooted mm-hmm. uh, connection within their soul. A good example of this would be. Singing happy birthday. How many of you sing happy birthday when you are celebrating a family member's birthday or a friend's birthday? You light the candle, you sing happy happy birthday. Yeah. That's a cultural response of celebration. 
Right. And then you go to the next level just under the waterline. Take Lynn's picture of an iceberg, and everything we just talked about is above the water. And just below the waterline, you have some unspoken rules, some emotional, uh, cultural norms that aren't spoken. You're not going to find them in writing. They're things like uh, courtesies and, and conversational patterns and Thank concepts you. of time, right? Please. Those are all some of those shallow things that we teach culturally, some manners in our home for sure. And I think for many still, yes, ma'am, no, sir. Those are still proper terms that we teach. Right. You know, those kind of things that are there, but they're not necessarily communicated. Mm-hmm. Um, body language, uh, social patterns, eye contact, that those kind of things that we have these expectations because of the culture we're raised in, but we don't often see that, that those expectations might be very different in different cultures. Mm-hmm. And so what we'll, what we'll notice is that we get a high level of emotional response when we cross these. If you have a conversation, if, you're, if your expectation is that people look you in the eye when you talk to them and you have a conversation with someone who doesn't look you in the eye, then, then you come to a few conclusions. Either the person's hiding something or the person doesn't respect you, mm-hmm. or but either way, those are highly. And boy, are, do do you see this in those situations? I right. I would say this past year we have seen more of those um, volatile moments, really, in in what racism or politics have brought about in people. And we do have this cultural understanding that when you refuse to look me in the eye or you stomp out of a room, that. There's a refusal to walk in restoration, understanding, or reconciliation, and it is a place of separation. And those are Very cultural good. positions. So a, a great example of this is um, Tyler Perry. Um, Tyler Perry's Medea will highlight and emphasize these kind of cultural below-the-water level norms based on communication, tone, touch— body language, all these kind of things that he he's he's making light of them. And, mm-hmm. and really, I think his intention is to make them, make people aware of them. But you'll see those. And depending right. on what your culture is, you're going to respond differently to them. Mm-hmm. You're going to, you're going to have Jeff a different. Jeff Foxworthy did this. Yeah. He with, might be a redneck. He might be a redneck. If, and so we see these things just barely under the surface. Now, the next level of that is the deep culture. So you have surface culture, you have shallow culture, and you have deep culture. And these are unconscious rules, things that we have in place that we don't even necessarily know. We don't recognize them um, or talk about them. It has to do with how, you know, how, do, we, how do we view dependence? How do we, um, how do we define uh, uh, obscenities? How do we um, think of our future, our past, and how those things impact our lives? Uh, how do we deal with physical pain? What is our concept of self? Uh, Identity what, is a huge part of what lies in that place of deep culture. Right. Mm-hmm. You know, problem-solving roles in relationships. These things, as you bump into them, you're going to have a very intense emotional response. Mm-hmm. Uh, you know, uh, you got two brothers and uh, another kid is getting in a fight with one of the brothers. Well, those brothers may fight every day, but you pick a fight with 
one of the brothers, you're going to be fighting both of the brothers because what you're coming up against is a deep emotional, a very intense emotional response. You're transgressing something. This is how culture works and cultures vary from family to family and from community to community and from nation to nation. And it is deeply connected to, to racism. We may just not see it yet, but I'm going to, I'm going to take you there. How we get to this place and point of, of racism being something that honestly we all have some share in. And now some have, identified that, some have seen that, some have walked out of that, but we have some share in this and people deal with these issues of culture, which leads to a perception that causes or can cause racism. Yeah, we we have oftentimes, and we've seen this over the past year, let culture define or culture influence how I will read God's word rather than reading God's word and allowing it to define culture for me, right? And so we now are viewing God's Word often with cultural bias, cultural issues that are so deep we couldn't even figure out the origin. Other than we could come to a, a biblical conclusion that culture left to itself will only produce a sinful culture, right? That only by being intentional of reading God's Word and searching um, there for what we should look like in order for culture to, to reflect the Lord. And there's so many theories of culture that we could really um, talk about, but for time's sake, we're not going to. Um, in fact, I made one C in college, and it was in sociology. <laughs> and so I'm really not going to dive into that. However, we all could think back to the theories of culture that we see exist and, and identify with, but there is a specific theory called the race gene theory. This one is is problematic, and this really— you know, I would, I, uh, if time wasn't a factor, I would list all the different takes on culture, the way that throughout history we've started to categorize culture. The, the one that we really need to focus on is this race gene theory culture. Uh, it's, it's that cultural traits, the theory is this, that cultural traits are inherited and certain genes predispose people to certain arts, morals, beliefs, or market activities. This is something that came to being during Darwin. It, it's a contemporary of Darwinism. Dar, uh, it, 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 it became popular and widely accepted, even though now it's been largely debunked. It, from a scientific perspective, it's been debunked. Educationally and when it comes to academics, it's been debunked, but we see it alive and well in our lives and in the world. In popular culture. Yes. Yeah. Yes. And so what it says is this, that there are certain cultures that are better than others simply because biologically, those beings that, that partake in that culture are better. And so now what is the outcome of that? Well, things like the Holocaust are the outcome of that. Things like a superior race or a superior being or a better intellect based off of genes. Now, listen, you might say, well, we would never get there again. I mean, come on. Okay, so 
are you, you know, think about what we say. Let me give you an example of this in today's world. Asians are really good at math. Yeah, well, is there something in their genes that makes them really good at math? Is there something, I mean, that mm-hmm. that's ridiculous. That's gene, that's race gene theory. And, and we mm-hmm. see this all the time and we see it and don't even really recognize it, but it's the seeds of racism. Of racism. Mm-hmm. Absolutely. And these seeds grow and we have to really be open and honest and talk about this in the church world as well because I don't know many, you know, Mark and I are in our 40s. I remember hearing, now I was never told this by my parents. I I was not told this by a leader, but I remember hearing the conversations often. And I was too young to follow through with the what happened to it. But I remember hearing all the time as a young teenager, you should marry your kind. Well, what does that mean? Right. Right? My kind being human. Human? Or, 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 you know, children of God? What? But we all know what they meant. Yeah. We we know the the context of which they were speaking. And yet we as Christians have got to speak up on these topics to recognize that all people are God's children. No one is exempt from that. And he loves all of his children. And whether they know that they are a child of God or not, I like the way you communicate it. They're a potential child of God. They just don't know it yet. That's right. And so we have to look at everyone, no matter their gene pool, no matter their color, no matter what, we have to see them as brothers and sisters of Christ and love them the way the Bible instructs us to love. So, so what we end up with, and, and, and much of what we've already talked about was simply to get to the place where we can start to see where does racism come from? Mm-hmm. This race gene theory coinciding with Darwinism, what does Darwinism tell us? What does evolution tell us? It tells us that a, a, a bunch of random acts in nature led to, uh, uh, led to life and led to complex life but that there are real, really no moral absolutes, that there is no design or creator. And so you, you, you compare that, that survival of the fittest attitude with this race gene theory, and then all of a sudden, it's not morally wrong to allow lesser people to be lesser people. It's not wrong to view people as if they're subhuman or something is less than what you are because of the differences within their culture or the differences of their skin color or the differences that are the genetic differences, the cultural differences, because the the race gene theory says that culture comes from biology. And, And we know this is error because what we've come to and what we understand from the Bible is that all people, were created in the image of God, and that the life of any human and every human is sustained by the breath of God. God breathed life into Adam, and so our life comes from him. And to, to view it in any other way is error, it, and it, it bears fruit. Those things over time grow into 
what we have. Now, there is a type of theology, as we would conclude this today, it's a type of theory, a cultural theory, that is is essentially aligned strongly with the Word of God. It's, it's, it's a theory that says this, humans are, are created in the image of God, and, and they're culturative, they're created in the, in, a, in the image of God, and God has culture, right? So culture is fundamentally about communicating creativity, society, and norms. The, the Trinity is engaged in all these things that we call culture. And so God creates man in his image and creates them with a set culture. And so it's not seeing culture as something that man has created outside of God. It's seeing culture as a way of communication for people, to people, and for people to the Lord. But the foundation of it is this, is that we're all created in the image of God. That's right. Thank you for joining us. We would love to hear your thoughts about today's topic. You can send us an email at reallifeatvisitlife.org to give us your feedback. Real Life is a weekly podcast ministry of Life Force Square Church in Decatur, Illinois. We hope you have a great week and look forward to continuing our conversation next time.